Welcome to the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jenna Barr. This show is presented by Dr. Ben McMillan of the Neal Clinic, who's responsible for information and opinions expressed during the show. Good morning. My name is Dr. Ben McMillan, and I'm a chiropractor. My practice is called the Neal Clinic. We're located down on Creighton Road, right across the street from the Walmart. And this morning, I've got some good information that's going to help everybody out there listening. And, you know, well, it may not be helpful for you today, but trust me, everybody's eventually going to need these things, and it's going to be helpful. So you're going to want to remember this stuff today. And as always, I really love it when listeners text in questions, even comments, because I can make this show even more beneficial for those of you out there if I'm able to answer your questions while I'm here this morning. So please feel free to send in your questions, even comments, uh, and Jenna will make sure that I get them. What's the number again, Jenna? Yeah, absolutely. Text in this morning, 850-437-1620. The text line is open. All right. And last week I actually had a patient text in a question mm-hmm. and I didn't really uh, I didn't really get to the topic because it was such a big topic that, you know, just covering that alone, I could spend days going over it. I mean, there's conferences that last a, a week that cover this specific topic and nothing else. So I didn't just want to kind of glance over it in the last minute or so of the show. So uh, we're going to spend some time talking about that today. And what he wanted to know was if there was anything that chiropractors could do to help with his back pain. Uh, He had gone to his primary care doctor uh, with the same condition, same thing. They took an x-ray and they told him it was something called osteoarthritis. And, you know, he asked the doctor what they could do. And he said, well, there's nothing that they could really do about it other than taking some pain medications or some Tylenol a leave, something like that. And that's not totally true. You know, whether that's exactly what the doctor said or that's what he wanted to, all he wanted to do as far as the doctor's recommendations is up for debate. But there's definitely a little bit more to the story with this osteoarthritis. So today, that's what we're going to talk about, arthritis. And that's why this is a topic that will affect everybody out there. You know, after you're about the age of 40, And, you know, of course, you can have this stuff start to set in even earlier than that. And that's especially true for those of us that are unfortunate enough to have had injuries or an accident at some point during our lives. But I'll come back to that part of uh, of how osteoarthritis works later on in the show. Let's begin just by kind of defining arthritis, right? Like, what is it? What does it mean? Arthritis is a painful swelling, stiffness, and inflammation of your joints. And I'm sure there's uh, you know a lot of listeners out there right now kind of nodding your head because they know exactly what I'm talking about. That constant dull ache in your lower back uh, when you're getting out of bed in the morning or you know the, the hips or knees that you're rubbing after a busy day of, of being up on your feet all day. There's a good chance you've got an arthritic problem if you're having those types of symptoms. Now, there's actually several classifications of arthritis, 
but by far the most common is that osteoarthritis. The root word there, uh, osteo, that means pertaining to the bones. And they call osteoarthritis OA, uh, just for short. And it's that kind of wear and tear type of arthritis. And that's, again, what we're going to spend the most time on today because it's, yeah, well, it's the most common. But there are several other types of arthritis, and they can be caused by a lot of different things. Uh, there's systemic arthritis, and those are the things like the, the rheumatoid arthritis, RA, uh, which you may have heard of. That's a, actually an autoimmune condition um, that really changes a, a lot of things in the joints for the people that have that. There's another one called, um, it's a little less common, but psoriatic arthritis. And yeah, for those of you that have heard of psoriasis, it is linked to that skin condition, but it has some arthritic changes that are associated with it as well. Um, and, you know, it, it affects the joints a little less than RA. Uh, gout is actually a form of, of arthritis, right? It affects the joints and anybody who has ever had it uh, has ever had a gout flare-up, I bet they'll tell you it was pretty painful, pretty inflamed, pretty swollen. Uh, gout's not a comfortable thing to deal with. You can also get arthritis from an infection as well. But again, these are much more rare than just the typical uh, case, and, and that's normally going to be that osteoarthritis. So let's, let's get back to OA. This disease or condition is, is often described as either being, well, as both being asymmetric and progressive. And what I mean by that is you'll typically find that with OA, you've got uh, one hip that's worse than the other one, right? How many times have you had to say, my bad hip, or that's my bad knee, right? You don't have a bad one. That's just where the arthritis is, is a little worse. And what happens with osteoarthritis is over time, those joint spaces are going to begin to narrow as that cartilage layer degenerates. And eventually you're going to start to form some bone spurs in that area as well. And that's why we use the term progressive uh, when I'm talking about OA. Because it's not like some diseases or some infections, you know, where two to three days into this, this you're going to start showing visible symptoms. No, no, that's not how this stuff really works. It takes months and years to measure the progression of these arthritic changes. So let's talk about where we commonly see osteoarthritis. Jenna, give me two, two body parts uh, you think are common places for osteoarthritis to, to develop. I'm going to go with knees and wrists. Okay. Why knees and wrists? Well, my knee already hurts today, but okay, I don't so have arthritis. Got, so I just, <laughs> you got a little knee pain. All right. I did some stretching this morning after some hardcore cardio, okay. but uh, knees and I, I, talk about risk because on my right hand I have carpal tunnel okay. and so I just think about that constant pain and how a lot of people who write a lot or use their hands they Overuse, can feel it there yeah, wear yeah. and tear that that makes sense knees are a big one um for one let, uh, osteoarthritis can occur anywhere at any joint you can get osteoarthritis it's some of these conditions the RA the psoriasis they are really specific areas where those systemic arthritic changes occur uh, and we almost know exactly where to pinpoint but OA you can get it anywhere but when we start looking for these you know what are the really common regions of the spine and the body that are more prone to those effects typically we're talking about weight-bearing joints right that's exactly like Jenna was saying the knees the hips 
Um, sometimes people don't really consider the spine as a weight bearing joint, but that's a big one as well. We've got our head on top of the spine, that big bowling ball we're carrying around all day. That's a big weight bearing joint. Uh, there's actually certain they've, they've identified certain vertebral segments that have more strain on them than the rest of them uh, they study this stuff they get tons of numbers a lot of data on this and what they found was in your neck there's typically around that c5 c6 so kind of base of the neck right where your neck meets your shoulders that's a really common area that specific segment as opposed to the other rest of the seven vertebrae in that neck uh, and L4, L5, which is in your lower back, it's the lowest two vertebrae in your lumbar spine. Those are the most common areas in your spine to actually get this stuff. They're more prone to that wear and tear. Uh, but again, this is not the only place where they're gonna, where this is going to show up. But again, more common. And Jenna's exactly right. You can get it in your wrist, and it's typically those people, like she's saying, writers. If you're typing a lot, if you do a lot of computer work, um, you know one one area that I never really considered having a lot of arthritic problems until you know I became a chiropractor are these graphic designers these people using Photoshop and Adobe they're using their hands and mouse a tremendous amount uh, over time and those guys have tons of wrist problems like carpal tunnel like Jenna was saying so now that we know where this stuff happens the the next question I get a lot is you know how did this only happen in one spot uh, and sometimes it's pretty apparent, right? Like, oh, I use my wrist every day or yeah, I was a marathon runner for 20 years. Like that's an easy one, right? You, a lot of overuse. Mm -hmm. um, but that question, how did it only happen in one spot is a really good one. And I hate doing this, uh, but I have to answer their question with a question of my own. If I'm looking at a gnarly x-ray of someone's neck and or, you know, maybe I'm going just through the radiology report. I'm asking them questions about, you know, did you ever play football or have you ever had a, any traumatic events to your head or neck, maybe like a car accident or something like that. And I'll tell you, every time they're going to have a story for me about how 10 or 20 years ago they had this bad accident or maybe they fell and landed awkwardly on their head. And yeah, sure, they, they were sore for a few days, but it went away and they really didn't do anything about it after that. And now I have to be the bearer of bad news and tell them, well, because they neglected to treat that injury at the proper time, that now this joint has degenerated significantly more than the other joints around it. And again, this is a conversation I have every single week. Someone's bringing in those x-rays and we're going to sit down and go over them. I'll point out those areas of degeneration and then we'll talk about the trauma that they had to that area in their past. It's, I mean, it's happens all the time. So after we figure out, you know, why it happened in that area, their next question is always, well, what can we do to help it? And that's always a good transition from, you know, what is it to how are we going to fix it? And because that's what they're doing in my office, right? They're not there to figure out, you know, oh, what is this? Like the, their more important question is how are we going to fix it? How am I going to get out of pain? That's, that's what they really want to know, right? And the key to helping calm these irritated arthritic joints down is to first reduce inflammation. That's a big part of this. Then we got to decrease the compression on the joint. And the final piece of this puzzle is restoring that normal joint function. All right, so so let's break down each of these topics, right? Let's let's see how we can start doing some of this stuff at home today. If you're listening right now and you've got any of those symptoms, 
again, the first step when someone's coming to me with this arthritis pain is we got to reduce their inflammation. Uh, if you remember from the beginning of the show, when I defined arthritis, I said it was that painful swelling, stiffness, and inflammation of the joints. And let's let's break that down that word down a little bit more, right? The itis at the end of the word arthritis that means inflammation. Uh, the the arthrite the arth part of that signifies we're kind of talking about the joints. So how do we calm down inflammation? Well, for one, I'm gonna have you using an ice pack. Uh, and if you talk to any of my patients, anyone that has ever been to the Neo Clinic, they will all tell you about their ice pack that they got on their first visit. And that's because I'm such a big believer in using these ice packs. I make sure that all of my patients have the nicest ice packs available. I mean, these things are great. Jenna's got one. I, I know I brought her one of those yeah, ice packs. I she used still, it last night. Good. <laughs> on good. my knees. <laughs> That's, see, word, she's, she knows the recipe to this stuff. I know what stuff. to do. <laughs> and the reason I give all these ice packs away is because using ice is going to help decrease your inflammation. One of the signs of inflammation when we, you know, if we have to go looking for this stuff is heat, right? Uh, even the word inflammation it's got the word flame in it. So using ice to combat this is always my first recommendation. And like all things, you know, you can definitely have too much of a good thing. So if you're going to try using ice today at home to help with your pain, I want you to make sure and only use about 15 minutes at a time, you know, and leave it off of there for at least 30 before you reapply that ice pack. And what that's going to do is it's going to make sure that you're not actually damaging your body by kind of inadvertently giving yourself frostbite. You know, if you go to your doctor and uh, we're, we're here in Pensacola, Florida, and you tell them you've got frostbite, they've got some questions for you because it isn't, it's cold out, but it's not that cold. So make sure only 15 minutes on at a time. That way you're not really damaging your body tissue with the ice packs. And if you don't have a good ice pack or one that you like at home, come by my clinic and ask for one. I mean, I... I don't, these aren't big money makers for the clinic. I sell these things at costs plus what it takes to get them shipped to me. Cause it's pretty heavy. These big boxes of, uh, of, of ice packs are huge. I mean, I, when I order these things, I get big orders of them. So the shipping's a little expensive, but when you come into the clinic, just tell Jessica at the front that you heard me on the radio talking about these ice packs and that you want one of them. And that's it. I don't have to collect a bunch of information from you. I'm not going to call you every day. If that's all you want is just a nice ice pack to try out first, go ahead and come in uh, and, and get one. So how else can we decrease uh, your inflammation? Well, another way to do that is increasing the local circulation in that area. That's going to help move those inflammatory fluids out of that injured area. So at my clinic, I use a combination of an electrical stimulation modality and our new class four laser to do this. Anyone that's ever used a TENS unit, they kind of know what this e-stem therapy is going to feel like. I'd say it's kind of like a, a buzzing or tingling sensation that you'll feel on your skin. Jenna, have you, uh, those TENS units, have you ever used one of those or, or had that therapy done to you? 
uh, describe it to me one more time. And I mean, so those pads are going to put on your yes. bed. Yeah. I had it kinda after tingling, a car accident. Right? It didn't hurt. It didn't bother me no, at all. In fact, it did help me relax a little bit more. Kind of like vibrates yes. a little, tingles. It's, yes. it's pretty comfortable for the most part. When I start talking about, you know, electrical stimulation there, people get a little nervous. This stuff doesn't hurt. It, again, it feels pretty good. But unlike those TENS units, some of you may have at home, um, you know, which in case, if you weren't really sure, those TENS units at home are actually designed to mask the pain stimulus rather than help you heal. The therapy that I use at the Neal Clinic is actually designed to help increase that local circulation, again, with the goal to decrease inflammation around that area we use the therapy. It just utilizes a a slightly different wavelength and frequency of that electric current than your TENS unit. I'm not saying the TENS units are bad. I'm actually a fan of using these things at home, right? If you're having pain and you put on that TENS unit at home, you're probably going to get some relief because what it's actually doing is it's scrambling that pain signal from those peripheral nerves back up to your brain. So you don't feel like you have as much pain when, when you're using these things. So again, a good thing for you to use at home. Unfortunately, uh, you know, about 10, 15 minutes after you take that TENS unit off, well, the pain comes right back. Uh, that's why I call the, the TENS units electronic Advil, right? It's going to take away the pain maybe temporarily, but they're not really designed to help your body heal any faster. And I'd have to say my favorite therapy to utilize at the Neo Clinic is our class four laser. And we just got a new one not that long ago. And that thing is awesome. These class four lasers are really sophisticated devices that are able to deliver these incredible results by reducing pain and inflammation. My patients love these things and you know, so do I, I use it on myself all the time. I was having some shoulder pain earlier this week and I, again, I have the benefit of having one at the clinic. So I've, I've got pretty easy access to these things, but most people don't, uh, and I checked again this morning. The Neal Clinic is the only place in Pensacola that utilizes a true class four laser medical device. Uh, and it's this combination of therapies, uh, right? The ICE, the E-STEM, that, that class four laser that really help my patients feel better faster by reducing that local inflammation. And that's a key part to successfully managing arthritis. All right, we got a listener text in a question, and they said, uh, let's see, I have pain in my left hip when I lay down, and it kind of moves down to my knee and makes it hard to sleep. And they want to know, is this bursitis? Um, this could definitely be bursitis. What's bursitis? Bursitis. Okay, so again, we've got that uh, itis at the end of that. So itis is inflammation, so we're going to definitely recommend that they start with icing that area. Okay. Uh, bursas are these little fluid filled areas They're, it's like a sack, but it's not something you could just take out and hold. It's this fluid filled area that are around all of our joints that help our joints kind of muscles and ligaments slide over them better. So okay. kind of like a little cushion. Oh, cool. All right. And these are a really common area to have some inflammation after overuse. Maybe you've got uh, some muscle tightness. Maybe you went on vacation down to a theme park or something and you're walking a lot more than normal. Uh, that's a typical way to get arthritis. Um, if I had to guess this patient's pain that goes on the hip and down to the knee, I bet it's on the outside of their, their leg, not the inside, right? Not their inner thigh. I bet it's on the outside. There's something called your IT band that runs down that side as well. 
Uh, this is the, what they're describing is typical pain for this IT band syndrome. Um, again, a good stretching and regiment there and some strengthening exercises will help make sure it doesn't come back. But first we've got to calm down that inflammation. Uh, again, put some ice on that top of the, the hip as well as that knee where it gets irritated because that knee pain can be pretty uncomfortable from what I've, what I've seen in the clinic. Uh, I've definitely treated a couple of these cases. So that's a good one. Yeah. It's, um, it's not a true, uh, bursitis. It can be in the knee, but that IT band syndrome again is just an overuse and you're kind of rubbing that ligament down on that outside of your knee over and over again until it's become really irritated. So the next step after we reduce that inflammation, the, the next two steps actually, they work really hand in hand to together. And that's to reduce compression and restore that normal joint mobility. Um, as a chiropractor, we use joint mobilizations to accomplish this. Now, one point I need to make here is that I use the term normal joint mobility, and that's because what is your normal range of motion or how far each joint is capable of moving, uh, that may be different than somebody else's normal range, right? It's kind of unrealistic to expect my 75-year-old patient's neck, their cervical spine, that range of motion to be restored to what it was 60 years ago to what their grandkids can do. However, it is realistic to increase their range of motion from you know, what was that inflamed arthritic joint after I've calmed down the inflammation and, you know, we've begun to gently mobilize that cervical spine. Uh, and a few things are going to happen when you've got a joint that's inflamed. Um, and this, uh, another question from a listener about this, could fluid build up around the knee be arthritis? And we're going to talk uh, about that pretty much same thing in just a second. And I'll, I'll address a couple things about that fluid buildup around the knee. So first of all, uh, when you've got that joint that's inflamed, there is going to be localized swelling, right? And that's what this, this text question is about. Uh, it may not be so much that you can visibly tell a, a real significant difference, but trust me, if you're having an inflamed joint from arthritis, there's going to be some inflammation. There's going to be some swelling. And that's going to increase the pressure in that joint. And that's going to make it even more difficult to move. We're not talking about huge spaces that these joints have to move in to really begin with. Um, for reference, for your knees, at the, the very best, right? When you were completely healthy, no arthritis, perfect knees, we're talking about five millimeters of space between them. That's not a lot of room. That's about the width of a, a number two pencil's eraser is all the joint space that your knee has for the cartilage for it to, to move in. So again, not a lot of space. And now we're adding in that extra fluid, which is going to decrease the volume of space that the joint can move in anyway. Yeah. We're going to have some issues moving it because you know, anytime you decrease the volume of something, you don't have as much room to move freely. So the next thing that happens is inflammation is going to irritate the nerves in that area that kind of innervate that joint. And when you irritate the nerves, what's going to happen is you're going to send a pain signal back to your brain, letting you know you got a problem there. And in response to this, your brain's going to tell the muscles that surround that joint to kind of tighten up and make it even more difficult to move. And that's, you know, that's your body's 
protective mechanism. Uh, you know, your brain saying, hey, we can tell there's something wrong here. It senses that inflammation, that irritation. And if you keep moving this dysfunctional joint, you may injure it even worse. So your brain recruits those muscle fibers around that area to make sure that that doesn't happen. Which is why when you have those twinges in your back or your knee or your neck, shortly after I bet you experience some tightness on that side. Maybe it's harder to bend or twist. Uh, looking over one shoulder may be a little worse. And Jenna's given me the, the sign that that's about all the time we have to, to finish up this morning. So again, there's no magic to this stuff. Uh, you know, there's a, a tried and true recipe to getting these things better. But again, I've gone the whole show and I forgot to give you my phone number. My name's Dr. Ben McMillan. My practice is called the Neal Clinic. We're located on Creighton Road. My phone number is 850-479-2700. So if you've got a chiropractic case you want my professional opinion about, give me a call and Jessica will get you on the schedule for your consultation. I'll get to the rest of this information next week on our show. Thanks again, Jenna, for having me. And thank you guys that texted in your questions. I hope that helped. 